This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. I really wanted to like start inward first. I feel like so many companies have this grand mission statement Mm -hmm. and all these philanthropic angles, but like they have a terrible, toxic workplace culture. And I wanted it to be the opposite. Like let's start inward and build the culture outward and take care of the people closest to us. So when it was just Ralph and I, like we really worked hard to set a really positive atmosphere. Positivity is huge for us. And our um, logo daily drills has an exclamation point as the I. And so that's kind of like our, our whole thing is like the exclamation point. That's the sort of the attitude, the positivity, the happiness, like you can end your sentence with a period, a question mark, but you can also end it with an exclamation point. So why not? Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. And I cannot believe that this is the last episode of the year. I am just shook by that. The fact that it is the last episode of 2021, like I can't comprehend that. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for as long as we've been doing it. We are in the hundreds of episodes, the hundred something. I, I can't even keep up, but this has been one of my favorite parts of my year. So I am so excited that I am recording and I'm still loving it. And 2022 is going to be even better than 2021. And I'm just so freaking excited for the year and for this podcast. And I just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening as we wrap up the year. I can't believe it's the last episode. Like I am honestly just like, I know I keep saying it, but where did the time go? I remember my very first episodes of this podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I just wanted to interview people. I just was like, I want to learn from other people. I want to give my platform to other people. And I'm very happy that I've stuck with that and I am constantly learning, constantly giving my platform and I love learning from people who not only have like been there, done that, but who are in the moment doing it. And that is always what I said that I wanted to do when I started this podcast. I said, the real reel is not going to be the highlight reel. It's not gonna be something that you gloss over the past thinking about, you know, oh, 10 years ago and like make your whole life story into one simple sentence that's tied up in a nice little bow. Like I wanted the real real. I wanted people who were going through things currently that I could learn from and that I could relate to. And I am just so happy with all of the guests that we've had on. I feel like I, I've kept that message and that mission throughout the past two years that we've been doing this and or almost two years that we've been doing this. I just am so happy that I've stuck with it and that you guys have stuck with me. Not that I've stuck with it, that you have stuck with me. Uh, And this episode is no different. We're actually interviewing Kennedy and Ralph and they are the founders of Daily Drills. Again, like I said, I wanted people who were actually doing it in the moment and Kennedy and Ralph just started Daily Drills about a year ago and they've already become a super successful company over a million dollars in revenue. I mean, it's, it's insane. So I'm very, very excited to have them on the show and have just other founders and business leaders and people that I can learn from on the show. And 
If you didn't know, I'm also a founder myself and I am the founder and CEO of Rella, which is a startup that is going to help influencers run their business. So it's an all-in-one management tool for content creators to run their business. So you can manage all your platforms in one place. You can track your sponsorships. You're going to eventually be able to work with brands on there. And we're also entering the Web3 space where we're going to be adopting some Web3 technologies into Rella as well as we grow. So we have a lot of future plans for Rella and this is literally just day one, V1. It's our MVP and it's on the App Store today. So if you guys want to pre-order it, go ahead to the App Store, type in Rella and we should be the first ones that come up. And I just can't believe that we're on the freaking app store. So I just had to shout that out. I, I'm going to start like sponsoring my own podcast or something because you'll be hearing about it a lot, but <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm just really, really excited about that. So definitely check out Rella on the app store. Um, and I'm excited that I'm going to be doing more episodes in the future, solo episodes, episodes with my team about what it's like to start a startup as well. So if that's something you're interested in, then amazing. And then if that's something you're interested in, then you're hundred percent going to be interested in this episode with Kennedy and Ralph. I mean, I know that I am not the only one who's developed a new passion and well, let's just say like an obsession for leisure wear. I literally don't wear other clothes. Like I can wear my gym workout clothes all day, even if I'm not working out. And I always buy like the cutest little sets and I cannot get enough of it. And I'm just loving how cute that the styles have become. It's not like your, your workout clothes from 10 years ago where they were like, ew, you don't want to leave the house with it. Like, no, these are cute. They're chic, they're fashion. And when I came across daily drills on Instagram, yeah, I knew that my credit card was going to hurt. I knew that I was going to, you know, really <laughs> suffer from like wanting to buy all of these. Like that's how I get whenever I find a brand that I like, I'm like, take my money. I know I probably should be buying things for other people, but this is my toxic trait. I, whenever I, I'm shopping for Christmas presents, I just buy stuff for myself. I, I like don't find a gift for someone else, but I find something for myself. And then I'm like, okay, this defeats the purpose. Now I'm spending double, double the money. And it's kind of what happens with like things like daily drills when I become obsessed with a brand. I'm like, okay, this isn't good. The founders, Kennedy and Mary Ralph, are on the mic this week to share their entrepreneurial and friendship story. The two met through Instagram and formed an instant connection that you will hear immediately as you listen to this episode, and they launched Daily Drills during the pandemic completely from their own investment, and they still have to pinch themselves because the company grew super quickly. You all know that I love branding and their mission was to create a brand that felt like a friend, and they definitely have accomplished that. Even just talking to them... I was like, oh my God, you guys are so cute. Like they, they're such good friends and they're so supportive and you can really tell like how much they care and love each other. And I just loved being in the interview and like, like hearing their story and you can check out their Instagram and you'll immediately see what I mean. We talked a lot about what it's like to run a business with your best friend and how to keep up the friendship and business thriving. And they shared some insider marketing hacks that you do not want to miss. I learned a lot from it and their energy is super contagious and I can see why their product is the top of everyone's wish list. On today's episode, we dive into the ins and outs of starting a clothing brand, ways to create a community that feels seen and heard, the importance of owning your lane and recognizing your strengths and weaknesses and how to be intentional with your yeses, which is something that I need to, to learn. I told them that I was like 2022 resolution. That's what I need to learn. Uh, but before I welcome them on the show, because this is the last episode of the year and I haven't done this in a while, I wanted to thank the reviewer of the week. I want to bring this back in 2022 because I felt a lot more connected to you by rating these every single week. So we're going to read one. And this one says entertaining, insightful, and actionable fire emoji. 
Whether you're well-established as an entrepreneur or just getting started carving out a profitable niche that's ready to grow, this is a must-listen podcast for you. Natalie does an incredible job of leading conversations that cover a huge breadth of topics related to the ins and outs of building a thriving business and life you can be proud of with leaders who've actually experienced successes themselves. Highly recommend listening and subscribing. Thank you so much, whoever wrote that. The username is A Sobering, so I never know if that's someone's name or if it's just like a random username, but I just wanted to thank you because you do not have to leave a review, but it helps so much. We are almost at 900 reviews, and it would be incredible if by the end of the year we reached it. We're at 894. I just need six people six people to get it to 900. So if you guys have been enjoying this podcast, please, please, please go ahead and leave a five-star review. Let me know what you think and definitely screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram so that I can personally thank you. But yeah, that would be amazing if we could get to 900 reviews. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, you could just leave a review there and it helps get my podcast discovered. I'm going to start doing these like reviewer of the week so more because again, like I said, I felt more connected to you and podcasting is such like a one-sided thing that reviews are one of the best ways to like get your voice out there and have your voice be part of the conversation. So I'm going to start doing that as we enter the new year. But of course, I just wanted to thank every single 894 people that have reviewed my podcast um, because again, like I said, it's something that you don't necessarily have to do, but it does mean a lot and it's definitely seen and appreciated. So thank you guys so much for listening, for enjoying, and I am so excited for the new year. And now let's welcome Kennedy and Mary Ralph to the show. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me. I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time, you know, the important stuff, but who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. 
Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hello. Thank you guys so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to chat. Yeah, I'm super excited. I am really obsessed with your stuff. I see it all over Instagram and I was like looking online at all of your pieces and I just really love your stuff. So I can't wait to talk to the two of you behind the brand. And before we get started, I like doing setting the record straight. So it's a little segment where I tell you some assumptions or stereotypes and then you let me know if they're true or false love it (laughs) awesome (laughs) so the first thing is that it's hard to separate business and personal I think true at the beginning but false when you get like when you get better at it yeah it can be false I would say false yes okay so what are your tips on separating it are there like times where you're like okay we're not talking about work or you know like turn off your phone or for sure. So Kennedy and I are best friends, obviously, outside of Daily Drills. And we co-own Daily Drills together. And Ken always says it's like we're dating. It's <laughs> like you have to go out and take each other on dates out of the house. We go shopping together. Like, make sure it's a time where we we actually have a physical office space, which which helps a ton kind of leave the work where, as Kennedy says, it should stay. And then when you leave the office, it's kind of like, okay, now this is our time to, like, shift into just, like, being friends and our, like, real life outside of work. Yeah. I'm like a good example of this. We're in New York right now. And so we've been shopping around just like getting inspired today and things will naturally come up like, oh, I love that cut. I love that fabric. I love how they're doing this pop-up experience, but it's never like straight work talk. Like I need you to email this person right now. We save that for later. So it's like the fun visionary stuff maybe is happening outside of the office, but we usually keep it pretty separate. And I think we've just learned to get better at that over time because at the beginning it was kind of all bleeding into one another. And then we're like, okay, let's just like be best friends and then also be business partners, like have them be a little separate. Yeah. When, when, um, our headquarters was my apartment, it was harder to separate for sure. Cause like we wanted to like eat lunch together and like make an acai bowl or whatever, but they were like emailing cause it was all like intertwined. So the physical office space has helped. Agreed. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm, I just work from home. And so when you work from home, it's like, 
okay, I can answer an email when I'm on my lunch break or I, yeah. I mean, lunch break. I give yeah. myself lunch break. So it's not like yeah. a real lunch break, but like, or like if I'm in bed and I forgot to do something, I'm like, okay, I can just like pull my laptop out and do it. So right. I want to have more of a separation. I really want to like go to a co-working space or maybe like go to a coffee shop and work there more. So when I come home, it's like, okay, I'm home and I'm, I'm done with work. That's kind of like going to school. It's like when you drove home from school when you were younger, it's like you were finally like done with that part of your day. And I feel like driving home from work, I'm like, <laughs> I'm done with that part of my day. Even though I'm like not a big office person at the beginning, Kennedy was like, we're going to have an office space. And I was like, I will never be going into an office every day, but it is kind of true how it kind of shifts your brain off to mm-hmm. like the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the next one is that starting a business is cutthroat. True. Yeah. True. True. It is hard. I feel like Instagram glamorizes things and it looks like, oh, we're just designing and picking Pantones all day, but like, especially at the beginning. So when we were fulfilling out of Ralph's apartment, probably about the first three to four months, she lives up three flights of stairs. And so we were carrying all of our inventory up and downloading our cars, taking it to the post office, begging them to accept all of our mailers. We're like, I'm so sorry. So definitely like very, there's definitely like a scrappiness and like a hustle to it. And there still is, but it's just different. Like for us now, it's not as much manual labor, but we're constantly trying to strategize and goal set and work with a limited amount of people and yeah. all of that. Sort Stay of scrappy and lean if we can. And I feel like, especially if you hear people on podcasts, kind of when you hear someone on podcasts, it's after they've done all that, that work, you know? So it kind of seems like, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened, which obviously we've had a lot of yeses and a lot of things go our way, which is amazing, but there definitely is like a lot more that goes into it than just like you can say on a podcast or that you can put in an Instagram story as we all know. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cutthroat, but anyone can do it. I think if we can do it, you can do it. So it's still doable. Yeah. Well, I feel that way with like podcasts is that I love having people that, you know, have like started these huge companies and have been there for like 20 years or 10 years and, you know, are super successful now, but it's also hard because they don't remember what the beginning was like, you know, like, That's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast was to interview people on all walks of their journey. And so I always feel like I like interviewing people that, you know, maybe their business isn't that successful yet, but like they're doing it. Like they can tell you, oh, yesterday had this huge issue that came up that, you know, maybe you wouldn't expect that when someone that's already like made it, quote unquote, it's like they don't really remember the beginning. So they kind of gloss over it. And like, yeah, there were hard times, but next next thing you know I'm, I was like this multi-million dollar company or this multi-billion yeah. dollar company or whatever and so I, I like having people that have kind of done it recently on the podcast because you can actually get more of like an inside scoop yeah it's super super relatable I feel like it's only Daily Joe's has only been around for one year but it's still kind of you were like you remember things and you remember the good about them like I don't really remember <laughs> obviously no we did a hard a lot of hard labor and lifting and whatever but like I look back at it and I'm like, oh, that was like so fun at the beginning, whatever. But like those days are really hard. But as it gets further away, like you say, it just kind of becomes like kind of a nice memory versus Mm -hmm. like actually how it was. Exactly. Exactly. And one, that's crazy that you guys have only been around for a year because I feel like the size of your company, the success of your company sounds like you've been around for like a decade. So props to you for only being around for one year and like already having all the success. Oh, so thank, you. thank you. <laughs> so nice to hear. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm so excited to like jump into like what the building process was like. But before we get into that, the last one is say yes to everything. True or false? 
I'm going to say false. It is like, we always say, say yes often, but like you have to say no, obviously. And I feel like saying, saying only say yes is like too passive almost. Like, I feel like we're really good about saying yes. We're very spontaneous. Ralph always says say yes often, but no enough to make your yeses count. And so it's really being intentional with what you're saying yes to, because when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to other things. So we do love to be spontaneous and we do love to take risks and uh, try new things. Honestly, so much of our business has just been trial and error yeah. and then doubling down on whatever sticking and working for us. But at the same time, like there've been a couple of things where like that just based on like past experiences or past insights, that doesn't make sense for our business structure at this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sense. But How like do you say it's like an intentional yes, I yeah. feel like that we we're trying to like make and cultivate. Is it easy for you to say no to things? Because for me, it's so hard to say no to things. I feel like I stress, stretch myself thin because I do try to say yes to as much as possible. And then I'm like, why did I say yes to that? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I actually, this is so random, but um, I follow Tinks on Instagram. And she said like the saying yes and saying no thing. Because I know it's hard. Like some people are really easy to say no. Some people are really easy to say yes. But she was like, you can't show up as the best version of yourself then like, why are you saying yes to all these things when it's running you more dry, you know, versus like spending the night at home, no one's going to really realize that you're gone. No one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you and then show up to the next thing, like better than as your best self. I thought that was really a really interesting way to like reframe it in your head, because I feel like I can say yes to a lot of things easily. Yeah, same. And how do you two know each other? What is like your origin story? (laughs) We met through Instagram, which is crazy. Probably about eight years ago now. Yeah. I was a freshman in college in LA. And then shortly after she moved to LA um, to start school as well. And so we actually ran a social media Instagram account together as like a collaborative Instagram account. And it died like six months into it, but we had (laughs) kind of stayed in contact. And then just through similar networks and friendships, um, we started Bible study together and then just became quick friends. We had always talked about our business ideas. She comes from a social media creative background and I come from more of a marketing strategy background. And so we were always like floating these ideas. So we were first best friends before business partners, but it was like kind of always known. I always felt like I would like to go into business with you at some point. Yeah. And we always like, we're talking about that. We wanted to do our own things after the current jobs that we were in. Like we always had new ideas. Um, so I think it was like an easy, and it was obviously in the middle of COVID and it was Kennedy's idea. And she asked me and all I had to do was say yes, which is pretty easy, but that's kind of how it like ended up where we are today. So what was the idea originally? Was it like exactly what daily drills is or like, what was that original? Hey, do you want to do this? Business we together? literally thought we were going to be fitness instructors, which is hilarious to look back yeah. on. We're like, we're oh, going to make really? workout that- <laughs> and we're going to like do workout classes. And then we did, we filmed ourselves doing one workout class and we're like, oh God, we're not cut out for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We originally wanted to make active wear. So when we launched, it was like, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have the money to afford designing a bunch of new things with different fabrics. So we went for like the most basic fits, which were black leggings, black, black biker shorts, a white tee and a black sports bra, and just like nailing the fit of those and making those the most comfortable, high quality product. So that customers would come back when we had the money to invest in new pieces. And then we kind of got into that fitness instructor thing. We're like, well, let's just buy bands and sliders and like capitalize on the activewear <laughs> space. 
And then we were like, wait, we are not a cut out for this B. We're not super excited by the fitness space. Like we both love fitness, but like, that's probably not but our we niche. Love fashion, but like we love 10 fashion. times more. So yeah. like, what are we doing? So then we just started like ideating and creating new pieces that were kind of pushing the boundaries between activewear, loungewear, and um, like that post dinner drink wear. And so we're kind of trying now to sit in that transitional piece space. So it's really like pieces that you can wear for multiple different use cases, which I think is really interesting. And it's more yeah. functional. And I definitely think like, especially post COVID, like people are stepping into that category of like, oh, I can wear sweats in the house. Also to dinner, I can style them up. Right. It's really fun. And it's, it, it gives wearers the ability to style up their more basic pieces, which I think is cool. Yeah. And I feel like since you guys did start during COVID, that's a lot of time, like during COVID was a time where people were scared and people were, you know, like not really wanting to do new things. They wanted to have their secure job and like make sure that they held on to that. So was that scary for you to start a new business like during COVID when things are so unknown? I think COVID was like definitely scary to start a new business. Obviously all of those unknowns, but it also was like the most free time that we've had in a while. So it was like the perfect time to start something. And I feel like a lot of things have come out of COVID obviously, but I was, had my own business. It was a boutique social media agency with my sister. So I was sort of working for myself at the time and able to make room in my schedule to do daily drills, but I never knew it was going to be like as big as it is today. And like Kennedy will tell you her point of view and all of that and what she was doing at the time. But I probably stayed doing both businesses for like six months because I could handle both of them. And then finally daily drills kind of took over and I had to like transition full time. But I, I feel like COVID, I I had a lot of free time. Yeah. So I think that was like a, I wanted my time to be filled and it wasn't a huge, huge risk because we were starting out with those basic SKUs that we were really confident in. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree. I, when we started daily drills, obviously we were dreaming big and it wasn't like we're we weren't sure of ourselves but we we didn't think it would pick up quite so quickly so I didn't necessarily have an intention to quit my job and do daily drills full-time like I thought I would kind of do a couple different side gigs including daily drills but after three months I was ready to go like full gung-ho daily drills and that's kind of like what was needed of me in order to help scale the business so Yes, it was scary, but it all lined up so seamlessly that it felt like the wind was at our back and we could just kind of like step into the yeses and step into the open doors. So of course it's scary and it's still scary to be honest today. Like some days I wake up and I'm like, holy crap, what am I doing? I don't have a boss. Yeah. (laughs) Who's my boss? And you know, but I think that's just kind of the nature of, of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's also something I can relate to. Like I've been working for myself for like two years now. And so when COVID hit, it wasn't that big of a transition to me because I was already doing that, but it's definitely something that like starting a business with where other people rely on you is so much different than just like being solo, you know? So like, cause I'm starting an app. And so I have people that are under me and people that work with me in this business. And I'm like, this is 20 times scarier than it was when I was just like freelancing on my own or like just doing my own like social media stuff. So it's definitely really scary, but also one of those things that's like, I think really rewarding. And I mean, it's cool that you guys were able to grow kind of like quickly, I would say. And what was that first step of like starting daily drills? Like, I know you said that you came up with like the black leggings, the sports bra tank top, but like, was your first step contacting manufacturers? Were you designing this? Was it hiring someone at first or like what was that first thing you did yeah that's a great question I feel like initially we 
found a production partner. So we had actually both been working with a woman. We were both doing some freelance work for her. So we came to her with our idea and she was like, yes, like, let's make it happen. So that's been a huge backbone for us because it really gave us the freedom and autonomy to create and dream and design and for them to kind of execute on that and tell us what's within our means. So production partner, we came up with a name. Which yeah, the was name hard. was like the hardest thing. Yeah, but like when you get a name, you're like, okay, this is actually a business and like, this is what I'm going to do because without a name, we're just like, we have an idea to make clothes. Yeah. Like it was yeah. it's more like grand scheme, but when you have a name, it like really narrows it in. Yeah. And that took us a while. It did. Every good name was trademarked. So yeah. finally we found Daily Drills, which we love, but it was like, it was hard coming to it. Yeah, it was a process. We found a lawyer because we needed like all the legalities, operation agreement, stuff like that. Obviously we had never started our, well, you had your own social media agency, but different it was still it was a like, service, not a product. Yeah, and it was still just like me and my twin sister, like you were saying, and we were kind of freelancing for a few clients. So yeah. it wasn't like- So we needed school. to make sure yeah. that like we were backed legally. And then from there, like I built the Shopify, I taught myself how to like use the most basic theme on Shopify. And we just asked a bunch of questions. We are both pretty well networked in LA. So we like reached out to our friends and so many people were just so gracious with like, helping steer us in the right way. Like an old coworker of mine who was a CFO at a company I used to work for was like, Hey, like, let's sit down. Like I'll help you set up your financials. So we were really blessed to have like this network who really championed us with that first push. And then other than that, I mean, we paid $300 for a photo for our first photo shoot. Yeah. Just we wrote like models. literally at the bank together, our first checks to invest in our business. Um, so like Kennedy and I self-funded it, which was fun. One of her friends, like let us use the upstairs of her office space during COVID, like when yeah. my apartment was overflowing. So like, honestly, it is crazy. And it's like been so rewarding to see, but when you like ask people for things, people will give you contacts, give you answers, help you out. Like people want to help you. Yeah. And I think that was just so cool to see firsthand. Cause like, obviously I'm always down to help a friend or help in whatever way I can, but I have a hard time asking for help sometimes yeah. or asking I think I can do it all on my own and just when you say like I'm looking for a manufacturer I'm looking for someone that can help me with this it's crazy how many people are like I know someone for that I know someone for that so yeah I feel like that has really helped so did you go out of your way and like tell people like hey this is what I'm doing do you know someone or was it just like you were talking to everyone about it and then people kind of came to you like what was your networking process like how did you network with the people you know so, okay. So daily drills, we started talking about it in December. We launched the beginning of November. Yeah. And so it was a really quick turnaround. So we like just wanted to put the clothes out there. We didn't want to make it. I mean, we were really confident in the, the actual fit of the pieces, but as far as like marketing and everything, we were like, that's only going to get better. It's going to evolve. Like, let's just put something out there. So I would say like, once it was out there, then we kind of started attracting like different designers, different copywriters, like different, um, yeah. accountants, stuff like that. Like once it was like re felt real and tangible, we could be like, Hey, here's our site. Here are pieces. People then kind of started connecting us to their network. And also just like coming out of COVID now, like going, attending so many events, people are always looking to partner with brands and especially like new founded brands by young yeah. female founders. Like people love to help. Yeah. And I do think Kennedy is a really good connector. That's one of her really good, strong suits is she's always like asking people Hey, do you know this? Do you know this? She's always asking to learn from other people. And I think when you put yourself in the, in the shoes of like a learner or a student and someone else can help you and teach you, it makes both of you feel it, it's just, it's helpful for both people. I think so. Right. Yeah. So many people were gracious enough to help us and, and reach out and it's, but it was kind of after that initial launch, which is interesting. I feel like a lot of people do a lot of footwork before, yeah. but it was kind of like, 
let's get it up there and let's be like a little bit embarrassed of our first product. Yeah. Like let's get it up there too early rather than too late. If you're not embarrassed by your first launch, you waited too long. Yeah. Like if yeah. we were like, that was our best piece we ever created. Like why did we wait? You know? Yeah. So. No, that's so true. That's actually such good advice. Like it, your first thing is not going to be good. Like yeah. that's the point. Yeah. yeah like exactly. Facebook way back when, if it still looked like that, we'd all be laughing at it, you know, but like they couldn't start it with right now. Otherwise someone would have already done it. So exactly. No, I love that advice. When did you realize that you were ready to like scale and hire? Like, when did you realize, oh, this is a business? You, like, you realize. <laughs> um, well, we were drowning a little bit. So we had moved into our first office space. We had had two summer interns relocate to be with us full time over the summer. And as the summer was coming to a close, we were looking at each other like, yeah. holy shit, what are we going to do? And so that's really when we were like, we need a full time hire. So we have one full-time employee who's kind of like an office manager oversees all of our customer support and operations and packing and fulfillment. And then we also have two interns that come in about three days a week who help us with the packing and honestly, a lot of social media and TikTok trends, stuff like that. So then we can work on more high level things. Um, but I think like we just hired out of needs, not like, okay, like let's just hire someone so we can travel more. It was like, no, we need someone to step in. So then we can be at more events, take more coffee meetings, be out there and like engaging with people. We couldn't do that for so long because we were literally stuck packing all day. Yeah. And like so hands tied packing. Yeah. You know? Like couldn't look at our phone for a couple hours because it was like so crazy trying to get all the orders out. So I think it just kind of came out of a need. It was like, okay, we're like outgrowing our space. We're outgrowing our team. Like we need, we need to hire more. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think that, um, a lot of people, I feel like I need to hire a designer, need to hire a full-time photographer, all of those things, but we have just kind of like freelance people out that we love and love to work with. And there are photographer, we have a few photographers that we work with. We have a few designers that we work with all of that. So that has helped too. So we don't have a ton of people in-house, which is yeah, obviously hard for a new brand. Yeah. And how did you get your product out there? Like how did people find out about daily drills? Our initial launch was Instagram. Kennedy and I both do, we're kind of both influenced on Instagram. I hate to say that, but it is, uh, that's like where our network came from, our initial launch. We actually did something funny. So at the beginning of our launch, like the day before, we literally decided this the day before. And I think it was kind of like brilliant looking back on it, but we didn't think too much about it. But before the night before the launch, we shut our Instagram off. So you could, you could only, it was a, so we put our Instagram on private and then you had to follow us. And then we gave the password the night before to our site so that everyone started following us because everyone wanted the password. And then I think that just gained a lot of traction and gained a lot of followers. And you know, kind of when you, when you can't see something, you want to see it more, that whole kind of thing. Um, so we got a lot of initial followers from that. And I think that helped boost our sales. And our goal was not to sell out at the very first day, but we had not bought tons and tons of inventory. Cause again, we did not have the cash to back that. So we bought as much as we could. And like by the morning, it was mostly sold out. So I think all of that sort of helped to gain the momentum. And once we sold all of that stuff out, we were able to double the pot and go back in and buy double the amount of stuff. And then we were able to buy, you know, four times the amount of stuff. So it just kind of like naturally evolved like that, which I'm so thankful looking back that we just didn't start with like investors and all of that and start huge it was kind of nice to start smaller and just scale as we grew and as we got more comfortable yeah and I think like Ralph was just hitting on Instagram is a huge place of um a huge place a destination for people to come and learn about our brand 
we haven't really paid many influencers, not that we wouldn't, but we've just had so much luck with gifting and people just sharing and being so excited and eager to share just in exchange for product. So I think that has really helped continue the momentum and the traction. Cause originally it was just like our network on Instagram, plus our family and friends who were excited. Cause this was the first time we had both launched our own business and it wasn't just like a collab or a paid posts or something like that. So people really wanted to support us. And then from there, it just kind of had this ripple effect. And we just kept investing more time, money, energy, energy into Instagram and making sure that our marketing, our photo shoots, everything that we were portraying on Instagram felt like us. Um, Ralph's really good at making our Instagram feel like a person. So rather than like a brand, she always says this, like, you go to Starbucks every day, but you don't follow Starbucks on Instagram, right? Right. We don't want to just be a brand that people buy, but there's no added value to following us on Instagram. And so we try to make our daily drills Instagram feel like a person that has a personality and wants to hear from the customers and cares about the colors that they're interested in next season, stuff like that. So I think Instagram's just been a really interesting place for our brand to live, at least for right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's like so smart and also having that like exclusivity and catering to your community and actually providing value to them. Like you said, like the Starbucks analogy, I think is really, really, really smart. And you guys do a really good job at building community. So is that something that you were like really intentional about from the beginning? Was that like community centered approach with daily drills? I think for sure. And I think obviously at the beginning and still to this day, we run the account. So it's like, us so it is like a natural extension of us and obviously running our own platforms we know like how to engage with our followers things like that so I feel like daily drills at the beginning we wanted to be intentional about making like why would someone follow us we kind of wanted to give them style advice we wanted to make people feel confident styling pieces different ways than they're used to we did a reversible crew neck so you could wear it inside out but obviously that took a lot of like teaching and training and showing people that like you can do this. You're confident enough to do this. You can style it up. So that's kind of like, I feel like where we started. And then we realized like Kennedy and I would have, um, I would like this color of pink, this shade of pink. And she would like this other shade of pink. And we're like, well, why don't we let the 20,000 people that follow us decide which one of the two, you know, like obviously they have an opinion. They're the ones buying it and their opinion is great. So then we started like asking them that sort of stuff. So it's kind of, evolved from there but I feel like it was intentional at the beginning and it's just kind of evolved more and more like honestly would we need someone's help we're like break the tie someone needs to break the tie between us or we don't know what we should name this color we're we're out of names we've been when when you're so close to something yeah you know it's good to get like someone that lives in the other side of the country's perspective like states away you know right so right that's That's really cool like having them be involved I feel like it makes them feel like they're a part of the team I can definitely relate with that with Rella. So that's the app that I'm creating for the app icon. We did like a poll on um, Instagram, like what's your favorite app icon? You know, whichever one won, that's the one that we're choosing or like what features do you want to see? Like we're building this out right now. We had like so many focus groups with our customers and users and like that I feel like makes such a big difference because it shows that one, you're actually listening to them, but also it makes them feel like they're a part of the team. Like it's like, I picked that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I contributed to this feature. I contributed to this icon or color or whatever it is. So it's so true. And I feel like a lot of brands like don't, some people will do that and like not follow through with it. But it was so funny. This last photo shoot, our winter collection, we were like, we're going to do our winter collection. Why? Because the juxtaposition of the lounge sets and why, whatever, whatever. But like everyone will want us to do it in why. And our, and it was 
Hawaii versus Colorado. We like put up all these Instagram stories, whatever. And we're like, okay, but we know we're already going to Hawaii. So we're going to buy the tickets to Hawaii. We know what place we're going to stay, whatever, all the things. And like everyone put Colorado. And I was like, we have to rig it. Like it, we can't go to Colorado. Like we, you know, like it's just, we can't do that. But then we were like, we, we just have to. And so we bought our tickets to Aspen that night and literally went and shot the whole collection there. But like literally kid I was like but they don't get it like yeah. Christmas in Hawaii is cool <laughs> like they just I think the pictures I chose for Colorado were cooler that's why people chose it and then Ken was like no I think that's what people want to see I think they want a traditional Christmas since COVID kind of took it away from us last yeah. year all of these things and so like finally obviously we went to Colorado but it that's was funny so funny that- <laughs> as humans like we all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves we want to feel like we're adding value and have a purpose and I think just like our brand gives our customers an opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger themselves and maybe they don't love their job but they can create with us and maybe they don't love the other brands are shopping from but they know that if they have an issue they can dms and we'll get back to them literally within hours and help yeah. solve that issue for them so i think like while we're able to and i hope for as long as we exist we're able to be a brand who feels like a personality who feels like um a friend to our customers yeah yeah no i love that and with scaling and with growing daily drills, was did you always invest back into the business or in the future did you get, or as time went on, did you get investors to help scale and grow? We're still entirely self-funded. So Ralph and I both put $10,000 in. We sat there with, with the bank teller, wrote our, wrote our checks at the beginning. We're like, okay. Like shaking, giving them all our money. Yeah. Um, and we've actually just been able to go off that twenty initial $20,000 and reinvest it all back into the business to put in larger purchase orders. Obviously now we have an office, we have a team, we're growing, we're doing more um, aspirational photo shoots, stuff like that. So we have more money, obviously for marketing and exploration there, but we're still super lean and scrappy as a team and still learning so, so much, but we hope that we can do it self-funded for as long as possible. There might be a point in time where it makes sense for us to get investors, but um, right now I feel like we've been able to scale and there's not really a need for us to get additional investments. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like a lot of times you hear about these clothing companies or brands and obviously nothing wrong with getting investors at all, but yeah. it's always good to kind of be transparent when you are talking to people that might want to do what you're doing yeah. to say like, this is how much we started with. No, we had investors or we didn't, you know, like I yeah. think it always just provides that level of transparency that's kind of missing. Like so many people yeah. skirt around the topic, <laughs> especially when you put your own money in and you write like what $10,000 is obviously a lot of money. And it felt like, especially right out of college, like all the money, you know, in the whole world. But when you do that and you, and you're spending it, it's spending your money. So it's like, super, we were super, super conscious. We were super, super scrappy. We did everything we could as like lean as we could as inexpensive as we could. So I think it was super cool to spend your own money and do it because that kind of like forced us to work a little bit harder and go the extra mile because we were the ones losing if it went downhill you know it wasn't someone else or a family member or whatever that you just say sorry to and move on that this happens all the time like it was us yeah yeah exactly and I know that you guys are growing and I think culture like company culture is huge and you know, establishing a good company culture is huge. So how do you guys do that? Do you guys have like a set of values that you live by? Do you, you know, try to instill a set of values or culture within every new hire? What, what is that like at Daily Drills? 
yeah, culture is super important to us. When we were talking at the very beginning, like who and what is Daily Drills? What's our mission? I really wanted to like start inward first. I feel like so many companies have this grand mission statement mm-hmm. and all these philanthropic angles, but like they have a terrible toxic workplace culture. And I wanted it to be the opposite. Like let's start inward and build the culture outward and take care of the people closest to us. So when it was just Ralph and I, like we really worked hard to set a really positive atmosphere. Positivity is yep. huge for us because it sets the mood for the entire office space. So now even when we have like four or five people come into work, I feel like we did such a good job setting the culture and still have um, are so intentional with the culture of making it a place that people want to come to, that they feel supported, that they feel, especially as leaders, that we're giving them the vision and the resources to succeed, that we're encouraging them, that the standard is high, but that we'll help them get there. Um, so really, it just all comes from a pace, place of positivity and encouragement and thinking about the person before the work, because the work will come. But a lot of people, I think, they incentivize through fear tactics and stuff like that, or manipulation, money. And we want we want our employees and each other to not be motivated by that, but to be encouraged because they know that we value them. We value their work. We value that they spend most of their day with us working for us. So company culture is huge to us. Yeah. I feel like we're still learning obviously, but positivity is like one of the main pillars. And our um, logo daily drills has an exclamation point as the I. And so that's kind of like our, our whole thing is like the exclamation point. That's the sort of the attitude, the positivity, the happiness, like you can end your sentence with a period, a question mark, but you can also end it with an exclamation point. So why not? So adding that like extra layer of let's show up like the happiest versions of ourselves and not like that it's this contrived fake happiness and positivity. It's like genuine because you know that people are there for you and and with you yeah. versus like, I'm going here alone in a bad mood, pretending to like something that I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important. I mean, so many times people think culture is just like perks that you get, you know, like, oh, yeah. Like- yeah you can work remotely or you can yeah. um, take time off. But like, that's not culture. That's just like nice things that can be added. But like culture is so much how you treat one another, how you care about one another, how you, you know, value their work, like you said. So I think it's cool that you started it even when it was just you two, because even as like, as best friends, you can just be like, okay, we're just friends. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we don't have to like establish anything. Yeah. But it's cool that you guys did that even like when it was just you guys as friends and then went together into like a business. Yeah. And everyone, I feel like can relate to those times that you're in the work off, workplace and you're like, is that person mad at me? Is that person yeah. whatever? Like, am I pissing them off? Whatever it is. And like, we have none of that. It's like straight up. We're all girls, but we all like get the job done and don't have the drama around it all. Yeah. And I feel like starting that from the very beginning has really helped because the one person that it acts differently or the one person that has the negative attitude is the person that feels like awkward and stands out versus the rest. So I think that that's helped because who wants to be the asshole that's a asshole when everyone's positive yeah. and happy and going with the flow, you know? So yeah, exactly. Like that's a good way to start it. Yeah. And I mean, you guys have been running for about a year now, a little over a year, I guess, if you yeah. started in November, but what have been like some things that you did not expect about running your own business or running daily drills that have happened? Like it could be challenges, could be good things. Mm, That's a great question. I mean, I definitely didn't think we would be where we're at today when we started it. In my head, I was like, 
oh, it's going to be great. Maybe I'll be able to go full time and it'll just be us and we'll create a few new pieces. But we have got to create so many pieces that I'm super excited and proud of. We just launched button down and boxer shorts for the holidays. We just launched some men's pieces, which we didn't have any intention to create men at the very beginning. We just did 100% cashmere set. So for me, I've been like so excited about the versatility of pieces that we've been able to offer and like what's in the future pipeline for yeah, us. So like that's what gets me most excited, honestly, is all the stuff that we're creating and the fact that we're able to create this. Like I just feel so lucky at this point. So that's something that I didn't foresee definitely starting. Like yeah. I if it wasn't for Ralph, she's a she's a more creative, I would still be creating black leggings and black <laughs> biker shorts. Like I would yeah. just, you know, keep keep doing that thing. Yeah. Um so I think for me I've I've been really excited and surprised about the about the feedback when we started branching out from activewear, but also just like the limitless possibilities of what we can create in the future. Yeah. And I mean, you guys are co-founders, obviously, and you seem to like your best friends, co-founders, business partners. But I think a lot of times it's like tricky going into business with your best friend because Mm -hmm. business is hard and, you know, you might have different opinions or different like ways to run a business. And so I think a lot of times you see that like friendships get ruined because of business. So how do you guys like maintain a healthy friendship and also a healthy business relationship too? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. We, like we were saying earlier, do a really good job at trying to keep the two separate and honestly, just practicing communication and level setting expectations. So, um, having hard conversations, I mean, we don't have to very often, but like we do probably about a once a week check-in with with each other and then with our full-time employee, just checking on the status of everything that we have in the coming weeks, how we're doing at work, how we're doing mentally outside of work and like giving everybody kind of a chance to be vulnerable and like express what they're going through if they're going through something outside of work or whatever it may look like. And so I think just like really practicing communication, really practicing full transparency, it's scary. Like you really do have to be vulnerable at the end of the day and I've been wrong. Ralph's been wrong. Like you have to say sorry often. And we're constantly learning. We're constantly making mistakes. We're constantly growing. Um, But I think just like having grace for each other and like starting to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, it's hard, but it's definitely takes time, but I think it's possible. And Kennedy and I both have sisters. I have a twin sister. She has a sister that's two years younger than her. And so I think like growing up with sisters too, you realize how to like how to communicate how to work together obviously you bicker and things go not your way and you're wrong and they're wrong but we can quickly I think it's because we've had practice with sisters but we can quickly like have the conversation say each our own piece and then move on and like skip down and shop together later that afternoon you know so it's like we we turn it off quickly which I think is super super helpful and like even today we were shopping around New York and and we're not working today necessarily because we're working this weekend and doing a pop-up but we'll like go around and be talking about work because we're inspired by this color or this cut or whatever it is but that's more like something because we enjoy it and we love it and it's like our hobby just like you would talk about things that you love, you know? So I feel like we do that often, but it's not like the work nitty gritty. Yeah. And hiring an employee has been so helpful because it's kind of the middleman between us. So then mm-hmm. I'm more the creative, like visionary head in space a little bit. And Kennedy's more the marketing brain, the brains behind everything has a reason for everything. So I think that it's hard to sometimes because she needs to rein me in and I need to like 
open her eye like not yeah but you know what I mean kind of like we always say she would still be making black leggings and I would be making no money if we didn't have each other (laughs) so like we're the perfect combination but it's nice to have someone especially when you're best friends to be in the middle so they can be the one checking in on me hey have you done this they can be the one checking in on Kennedy make sure we're keeping track on this versus like us having to constantly do it to one another and then try to be friends on top of it and you know and texting each other one thing and then texting each other about a friend and a personal thing so I think that's yeah. been helpful and I think well. also just like not something I've really had to learn and grow in is just not taking myself or the business too seriously yeah <laughs> of course it's like my first priority like top of mind I wake up thinking about it I go to bed thinking about it um but like hey like if that Instagram post didn't go up or that product didn't go on the site at exactly 10 it was 1001 it's yeah. not the end of the world or oh you know this customer had a bad experience we're gonna redeem it but like let's not let it ruin our day and I think I've really had to like bird's eye a little bit and be like okay like focus on the positive what's going for us like trusting that Ralph's owning her lane I'm owning mine yes we check in yes we hold each other accountable but um you know we don't always have to hover and control all the time because it's in in the end we're just learning it's not that big of a deal so I've had to like and there's a lot that goes wrong so if we focus on all that that's like all we will think about yeah (laughs) we had to like let it go I feel like every day is a legit like, emotional. Ah! They're like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> They're like, amazing sales are coming in. Oh my gosh, what happened to this? Oh, oh my gosh, they love this. Look at this in- Instagram influencer who just yeah. posted. And then we're like, oh my gosh, this person like lost their package and yeah, like can't find it. And and so it's you kind of have to learn how to self-manage it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like every day of entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster up and down. Like it's not like every week, it's every day. It's like highs and lows and by the hour <laughs> yeah by the hour some highs and some lows so I can definitely relate to that and I think that that's like really really true like that experience is like very valid and uh-huh. also I, I mean like you said you guys own different things like you guys are in a, a, not the same lane and I think that yeah. that is so important when it comes to co-founders because if you were both doing the exact same stuff I feel like you would have so many more like conflicts you know because you want to do things one way you want to do things another way but you're doing the exact same thing and so I think that's where conflicts happen so it is possible to go into business with your friends obviously you guys are like examples of that but I think one thing that I've learned just from the past is like making sure you have different strengths and different weaknesses and you Mm complement each other because if you don't then what are you guys doing you know like what are what 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 is each of you owning and so I think that that's really really important to have like your different sets of strengths mm-hmm. yeah I always tell everyone to find their Kennedy because literally I it just I would get nothing no pen on paper like I hate emailing and all of that stuff more than anything finances accounting all the spreadsheets everything like that and Kennedy loves that stuff and thrives in it and can do it with her eyes closed asleep and then I love like planning photo shoots and all of those things and that like stresses you out and yeah. gives you like anxiety thinking about that so I think it's super cool how both of us like what what drains the other person really like it in what's the energizes. word energizes <laughs> the opposite so I think that really really helps and that's something super important to look for for a business part if there are oh. two me's we would get nothing <laughs> <Same>. done <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, before we go, the last question I wanted to ask is what is the realest advice that you've ever received or ever been given? Could be with Mm. business, could be with life, friendship, like doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, I would think 
the the piece of advice I love the most that I've been given that we talked about already was say yes often, but say no enough to make your yeses count. So obviously make sure the yeses are intentional, but like step into things. Sometimes it's easier to say no to big things that come your way, like opportunities because they're scary or, or, you know, things could go wrong. You could lose money. You could lose friends, things like that. But I think saying yes is important, but also knowing how to say no. So your yeses count. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, my mom always says like, your word is the most powerful thing you can give. And so if I'm choosing to show up and give my word, even if it's not like, like literally, like I promise to do this, but it's like, I'm giving you my word that I'm running this business with you. Like, then I have to show up every day and like live that out. And there's like a conviction to like be my best version of myself, be my, my best business partner, the best friend that I can be the best leader that I can be. And like, stay true to my word. Um, I think that's really, really important because I think that like, it's easy on bad days to be like, Oh, did I make the right decision? Or like, what are we doing? Or like, are you know, whatever, like you can kind of get in your head anymore. Yeah. And I think that like, just helps me to not be emotional and like to see it logically and be like, I gave my word to this business because I'm obsessed with them because I love it. And I wake up on Mondays and it's like my, I'm excited to be here. And so just like following through on that word and that commitment to my team into the brand and to our customers. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that that's so true. And like in every aspect of business, customer, friends, like your word is so important. And I got to work on the saying no more. So (laughs) I need (laughs) to take that advice. I I love Uh, it. Well, Kennedy and Ralph, it was so nice to have you on the podcast. Where can everyone find your stuff? Like where can they find you? Where can they find Daily Drills? Daily Drills is online at um, daily drills on Instagram and then shop dailydrills.com. Okay. Awesome. And Kennedy. Yeah. My personal is Kennedy Critchlow and she's Mary Ralph. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, you so for, having for having us. Having so us. fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.